ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another episode of Master Phil in your corner with your host, Master Phil. Hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> I'm somewhere. I'm usually next to you, but I'm in the home Sorry, studio today. <laughs> That's it. It feels like I should be here, but you're over there. Yeah, but I'm okay. really on the other side. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to put a double mirror here and just bounce everything all over the place, really mess things up. But all right, guys, set for another great episode today. Today's subject will be fear. Will be fear. And we got to ring the bell for another round, don't we, Mister uh, Dougie Doug Fresh? And as <laughs> yes, we had we had some technical difficulties with music, but yes, that was that was uh -oh. in our little here for oh, yes ding ding <laughs> ding ding all right all right guys welcome to another episode of master phil in your corner with master phil and the lovely and talented dougie fresh friedman from the undefeated media studios and today's subject will be fear and what is fear uh but before we get into our subject I want to let, give a plug to our sponsors, the Body Bell Method for kettlebell dynamic training, certifications, workouts. We also have Survival Strong. We have uh, for self-defense books and virtual training, as well as UbiquiFit for ubiquitous fitness. That's UbiquiFit, the world's first virtual, fully integrated training platform for trainers, uh, meditation, yoga, registered dietitians, you got to definitely check out the app. It's free to join. That's UBQ Fit. And we do have a very special guest today. Uh, guys, very accomplished young man. Um, he's uh, a master RKC. He's also was a a rescue diver, a rescue swimmer in the Navy. So he would like jump in the water and swim and save people and outswim sharks and everything. Um, he's uh, incredibly strong, incredibly fit. He's been on um, a plethora of these fitness type publications through Dragon Door. They always want to use this guy and uh, he does, does a, an incredible job. And Actually, I learned something from him. I actually gave him credit in one of my videos. When you're doing a floor press with kettlebells and, you know, you have two heavy bells and you're lying on your back and you have to get them up onto your chest, how do you do it? Well, you know, there's many, there's a couple different ways. And, I, you know, I really never liked any of them because they, they weren't great. But, but this young, this guy showed me this years ago where you roll up, put your hand in one, and then bring your leg to push the other kettlebell into position and rack them. And in one of my videos that I use this move, I give him props because, you know, hey, man, you always got to give props. So without further ado, let us welcome our guest on today's episode, Robert Alexander Miller. Welcome, Rob. Hey, hey, thanks, Phil. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Great, uh, great to meet your uh, esteemed colleague here. It's the yeah. first time I'm talking with you. Appreciate it. How are you? What's going on, Phil? Hey, man. Hey, you know, just, just busy kicking it, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, like um, you know, this whole COVID thing has, uh, 
has changed the, the world dramatically. Yes. Especially, especially in doing what we do, man. You know, we're, we're into fitness. We're into teaching our classes. We're into training people. Right. We're into that contact. We're into contact sports. Yep, and, very hands-on. And you know what? Now everything's got to be hands-off. Right. Mask, masks on, but hands-off. Masks on, so, hands-off. Yes. <laughs> And that's our new culture, I think. I think that's, that's going to be the way. Um, I think what you've mentioned, uh, you know, you've been working on it uh, for a long time, but you brought it up to me last week, uh, the yeah. UbiquiFit, something like that, is like a remote training platform. So we're trying yeah. to have to, I don't know, they say pivot, you know. you got to pivot your industry. you got to pivot your industry. This is a total different feeling for personal training, though, you know what I'm saying? So, like... And we're sitting here trying to provide the same service when it is hands-off, whereas before you needed those tactile cueings and all that other stuff to really get your point across. So it's not a pivot. It's 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 a transition into a, it's another. Transition. It's another industry, Phil. I gotta be honest with you. It's not yes. per, it's not personal training so much as it's fitness consultants. Yes. Yeah. Because the thing is now, you, you know, when when you're training someone hands-on you can actually put your hand somewhere push it pull it whatever you can't do that anymore um the other thing is that when 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 i have a class you know you have 15 20 25 people in a class okay there's a certain energy going on right right i mean one of the biggest challenges i had when i went 100 percent virtual was the lack of feedback especially right. when you're talking to a group like Where's my feedback? Where's my energy? That was one of the most difficult things for me to do was to get off Dude, that camera. Exactly. I watched, uh, and I didn't watch it for very long, but, you know, mm -hmm. old me might have. I, was, I, I flipped to the channels and I saw WWE, right? And here these guys are. You know, it's a total show, right? Stage show. They flip mm -hmm. each other. They throw each other. And they feed off the, the energy of the audience. You know what I'm saying? It's like, here are these guys, yeah. girls, also, throwing each other around, pumping each other up, getting character for no audience it's gotta be like a, a, a dress rehearsal an intense dress yeah. rehearsal i suppose it yeah. is but like same thing goes for us like you you got you know a full class of martial artists and you know whatever age group whatever skill level still that enthusiasm motivates you to i don't know yeah, teach, it's, exchange it's, the knowledge yeah. hour by hour and so it's an mm -hmm. interesting time it's an interesting time i i, I, I kind of want to i don't always want to be a professional wrestler but right now it would be it'd be tough to get that mode you know <laughs> Kind of tough, kind of tough. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think you have to get a little bit bigger though. Oh yeah, <laughs> you no. fit, but I, I, you, no, I'm not. I got to put on about a hundred pounds. <laughs> Thanks. No, I think that's over with, man. I think that's. You called me a young man in the intro, and I'm like, young man, young man. Yeah, it's over with. Well, I hate to say it, but kind of to me, you still are. <laughs> no, that's cool. I appreciate that. I'll take it where I can get you. Know? You know. Listen, so I still, I still, refer, I still refer to my friends as kids. You know, so and yeah, but you, that's okay though. You're you're looking good, man. You're setting the stairs. What did you just turn fifty eight last week? Yes, sir. Yep, yep. And hey, did, hey, uh, happy. Yeah. Thanks. I did a uh, five hundred and eighty push ups. Uh, five eighty. You know, couple hours. Five eighty. Yeah. What yeah. What's the significance of that number? Fifty eight. So you know, ten for uh, every year. Okay, okay, okay. You deserve it. I suppose that's insane, man. <laughs> So, you know, hey, you know, it, it was funny. I, you know, I couldn't figure out, like, something really divisible. So what I did was I did uh, sets of 30 for the first 180, and then I got bored, and I went to sets of 50. So I'd, get, uh, so I'd bang it out sooner. 
but uh, it was fun. It was fun. You know, like you know, I, I consider like doing kind of like your exercise snacks. I'm sure you're you're familiar with. No, that yeah, too. for sure. Those are those are useful. So you didn't just do them in like sets of fifty, consecutive sets of fifty. Well, I, I did it in about three hours. Okay. Three hours. Yeah. Okay. Like that. I yeah. Like that. That's still a pretty yeah. man manly task. Well, it's because I had to teach, though. I had to teach, so I had to take all the okay, time. Okay. Okay. Two hours of class, I had to teach. And, <laughs> yeah, so, I you know, but uh, you know, I just wanted to bang it out and get it done. Um, how many How many consecutive push-ups did you do, like today? Like Fresh. Today? If you had a test of some kind, what's that? I can, I can, I can do a hundred. Unbroken. A hundred unbroken. Yeah. Hello. It's my little one. Oh. Take care of the door. That's cool. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm gonna test myself. I'll test myself this week. I bet I can get 80 straight with well, unbroken. But I guess that old man strength. I gotta work out a little bit, right? No. Do you want me to tell you what would help me with, uh, up my my push up number? Those Norbert sure. push up. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm quite familiar. <laughs> yeah, I, I I you know I do those and my straight number on those. My record actually winds up is 58. 58. So, and I, okay. And well on the Norbert push-ups. We used to do sets of 50. Yeah. But so what, what happens is that the um that made my base number of my regular push-ups go up. For sure. Neural so grips. Got, Pick up some neural grips. I love them. They're the best. They're yep. the best. But um, you know, the funny thing is that you know, as as we are, you know, are talking about these current times, which heck, you can't help but talk about it. You know what? I, I, I know people, you can't miss it. Every conversation. I know every conversation about it, and, and and you say, you know, fear. This is what comes to mind: is fear. You know, I'm I'm walking down the street the other day. I'm walking my dog. I mean, well, she's a pit bull, so I can understand people being afraid. But um, and you don't don't forget, you know, you. <laughs> but this guy, but this guy is walking toward me, right? And he like jumps into the street, puts his mask yeah. on, almost gets killed by a car, just not too past. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I, I, I see. I see it myself. I live in Chicago, and it's everywhere. That's everywhere. And and I don't know, man. Maybe maybe he's right. I don't know. <laughs> well, you don't know. I could. I can't bring myself to do it. I can't be, bring myself to do it. I'm gonna walk past you with. I am gonna nod and I'm gonna say hello. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not worried about it. I mean, like you know, because like if you if you take the if we take the textbook definition of fear, right? Right. What is, what is fear? It's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous and is likely to cause pain, harm, sure. threat. You know, it's it's a it's a very distressing emotion around by impending danger, evil. You know, something bad is going to happen, and you know it can be imagined or real. And the funny thing is, if you look at it, some people's fear, you know, some people it's a real true fear, and other people it's something that's very irrational. And I think well, that's right now because some people like some people with this uh, the situation they they have no fear, and, and other people are cowering in the corners. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a, you know, I'm not going to be an expert in this, and I'm definitely not going to say something to make me eat my words in the future, but some people are more at risk than others with the whole coronavirus situation, so you got to yeah. take that into account. You don't know the dude's situation, why he jumps into the street, putting himself in further danger. He's not afraid of the car. He's not afraid of the car. <laughs> so they, 
they might not consider their surroundings in, in, in fear of something. He might be on 30 medications, a cancer, you don't know what I'm saying. So it's like, I don't want to say like, oh, this is fear is totally unjustified, but you know, they got us conditioned and, and fear is an instinct that has helped human evolution to the point of where it is today, survival, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, fear is, is bad, it is also very good as well. And so I suppose, I suppose we'll see how it all plays out with that, but, but, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out there and say that a lot of this is unnecessary. I think the fear leads to other fear. And I think that's kind of the, the, the thing that we got going on. It's the unsureness, it's the, the, the mixed facts that are out there, the whatever, the misinformation, the information, say it how you want, the fake news, the real news, you can't tell the difference anymore. Right, and, right. And, and, and it, a lot of people are going to err on the side of caution, man, because they're not like us. They don't think the risk is worth the reward, um, or they're not as desperate as some others, you know what I'm saying? And so you know, that's he, how I explain he, it, but it is tough, it's tough to get people back into the, the gym back into oh, the yeah. old routines or the things that they normally might used to do. Um, mm-hmm. Chicago's shutting down further. The governor here is making, you know, making restaurants close down. I can't see how these people are going to survive. These restaurant owners, I, these waitresses, these waiters, yeah. these general managers of big restaurants that are shutting down for the next indefinite amount of time. So I don't know. That, that frightens me more than anything, man, because, again, I take the risk. I'm like a lot of quote unquote healthy Americans that would prefer to go out there and not suspend our livelihood for, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the fear and the hopes that I might one day croak. You know, yeah. it's, good, right? <laughs> right. it's gonna happen. Oh, it's it's yeah. gonna happen. It's inevitable. Right. You know, it's you're inevitable. high from it. You're not, gonna, you're not gonna sit your you're not gonna live your life. You're gonna sit here and, and cower in the corner and forget to live. Yeah, you see, there's a difference between living and existing. And what I'm talking about, one of the things that, that fear does, when fear paralyzes you, you make poor choices. Okay, here, just a, a, yeah. an example, a perfect example is what I'm citing about that, that the guy who, you know, jumped out of the street, uh, jumped into the street. Yeah. I mean, I mean, okay, okay, I understand you're afraid of this, but that's a very irrational thing to do. To, I mean, I'm on the sidewalk. There's cars parked and then there's cars going by and he jumped basically into the street. That is an irrational act. That it happened more than once. I've seen more than ten times people do yeah. the same thing. I'm like, dude, you almost are you serious? You almost got killed. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get, same thing almost happened to a woman the other day when I was walking down the street. The same thing. I'm like, you know, you're not gonna die by walking past me. But that it's risk might be worse. And you have to, first of all, assume that every single person you look at has coronavirus. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah, weird right. assumption. It's like, it's like, oh, it, it's like during flu season, presuming every single person you cross has the flu. That's yeah. a weird, that's a weird fear of living. I mean, we're social oh, yeah. animals. We must interact to, to feel happiness. This is, this is the other thing. This is the other thing that, that, um, that people have to deal with, especially when you're talking about children. I'm more worried about our children, even though I'm worried about a lot of uh, like, uh, adults. Like the development so of your children, not the not. Oh my the, God! The, yes, the future development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have kids, but a lot of my clients do, and they're that's the same conversation, man. They're like, no school. Where are they going to get their social skills? I know. I mean, you know, it's 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 terrible, and and then these kids are so pent up. I mean, 
Yeah. They're sitting there looking at a yeah. screen for hours, and they're, and they're not getting activity. I mean, I, look, is the kid is the kid going to do a Zoom karate class? Come on, they're not going to do. It. They're not going to do. It. And it's now it's it's kind of and here's where you come in. You know what I'm saying? It's now you got to figure out a way to motivate that kid to go log in and do a virtual karate class with you. How how you how do we do this, man? And how do we yeah. give them the same result or similar results or the same emotional feedback, the good positive stuff that the endorphins, yeah. the whole social mm -hmm. aspect of, oh, I took that guy on three weeks ago and I took yeah. him on today and I did something way better than I did three weeks ago. How do you show them that chartable progress? Right, right. You know, that's uh, it's. I really don't know if it's achievable in a martial arts venue. I'll tell you straight up. But I, I will tell you this, though. What I did when we had when we got hit with the lockdown, what I did with all of my uh, kettlebell and fitness students, I gave everyone a relatively big bell and a small bell. Two bells. To take home with them? Yes. All but my paying members. For everybody, so that's your only dedicated, yeah, your only dedicated member base, though, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, my dedicated member base. Okay. And what I did was for that three and a half months, you know, four classes a week, I led classes with only two kettlebells and body weight. And no, people that's were so Absolutely thankful. Clever and unique. And yeah, what about getting away from their the stress? The I know. You know the only way to like get through the fear is to face it and sort it out, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you know, hey, listen, okay, here. I said that before. Yeah, but listen, well, well, I'll tell you, you've done some pretty daring things, like when you were a rescue no, swimmer. No. So how did you handle that? I mean, jumping into uh, you know, icy water, there could be sharks there, there uh, could be a wreckage. Who knows? I, I don't know. So, 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 so don't worry. Worry. You're yeah. most afraid of cold. You wear, you wear a dry suit. Um, mm -hmm. We were stationed in Jacksonville, Florida, so luckily most of the water, most of the year was, was pretty warm. But yeah. deployed overseas, going into the uh, – North Atlantic and Mediterranean, because the water could be cold. So, you know, especially November, December, you know, those yeah, months. But yeah. uh, I don't know. A lot of the guys see, I don't have a lot of rescues. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we were well trained for that. It was a collateral duty. I'm more of a, I was a more sonar, radar kind of specialist, um, mm -hmm. counter drug operations. I've done a lot of missions with like sea teams, like boarding operations, deploying them fast ropes, et cetera, from my helicopter. Yeah. Um, and, and I learned a lot from them, truly, you know, through training and pro you, you, everything becomes, you're ready for it. Everything's a progression. They don't just throw you into the mix. Like, here, good luck with this. Right. See yeah. you later. No, everything's a progression. You're well-trained, you're conditioned through fear, through fear. And you gotta mm -hmm. face it every single day, man. Like, you know how terrible it is to be in the water for six straight hours in training? It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe, you know, maybe at the beach I did it, but you know. <laughs> no, but I, it's terrible. These guys, Not they either. literally, they don't want to drown you, but they make you think they want to drown you. And so that's true. Yeah. But by the time you get, to, you're pretty much ready for these types of missions. And then you do the mission and you're not afraid, man. Literally the weirdest thing. You're not afraid until like a few days after the mission. You're like, holy shit, that was insane. And that so that's nuts. the thing about guys like, yeah, people like us that were... Uh, you got to consider too. I was 21, and mm -hmm. there was nothing that could stop us. Any of us. Nothing. No. I don't know. No. Then we just fear was repelling off of things, jumping in there. Yeah. It's just like fear was something you'd experience only to 
do it. It just feel, it's yeah. going, you don't feel, you don't feel anything until you're a little bit afraid of it. Kind of in that frame of my life, I suppose. I don't know. In that paradigm, in that environment, in that that uh, that group of guys, the the operational tempo that we were under. And so, but the the way that the the way that the seals gear up for their missions is, it's it's pretty impressive to watch. Yeah. They they have seen it, they know it, and even if they're the new guys on the on the mission, they uh, I guess understand the the seriousness. Like I'm a I'm a jokey guy. Like I like to mess around a little bit before stressful situations. Like I'm not a silent guy. Like. In any situation, I might say a little joke to increase levity. People mistake that as like I'm not very serious type of thing. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. no, I'm full, I'm fully in the moment. This is a yeah. coping mechanism, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like these guys, they don't, they don't play no games, man. It's it's locked and loaded from the time they even wake up in the morning. So I don't know. I guess it was after my second cruise that I started to take on that type of seriousness with. I don't know, mm-hmm. approaching those missions and, and expecting yeah. junior people to to get rid of that. That's not this is not time to joke, man. It's time to time to go. I don't yeah. know. But fear to me has always been this like nervousness, this innate anxiety that that yeah. isn't going anywhere anyway. So why not I don't know, do what you want to do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the things that you, you know, it's funny that you, you're bringing these things up. And you know, you, if you talk, if you think about what happens physiologically when you're when fear, when you experience fear, you know, um, you know, the body produces cortisol and adrenaline to prepare for you know the fight or flight that they always talk about. Mm-hmm. But here's something that and that also is not it addressed. also depends on the, the sorry. Uh, it also depends on the in, the moment of the fear, whether it's like this, I don't know, do I gotta go to a doctor's appointment? I'm afraid of that or yeah. almost getting hit by a car. So like, right, right, you know, yeah. how long do you have to prepare yourself to address this fear kind of thing? So anyway, yeah. sorry. So, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just kind of, I, uh, I'm kind of relating it to, uh, you know, like a, like a self-defense situation where, you okay. know, you have the fight or flight syndrome and I actually talk about it in one of my books, Survival Strong, something that happens more often than not is people freeze. And you know what? This yeah. is what I'm seeing a lot. That's, I'm my, seeing, that's our nightmare, right? Yeah. Freezing. And I, I see people yep. paralyzed by the current situation that we're in. People are paralyzed with fear. They're like deer in the headlights. And you know what? And, and I really can't blame them. You know, I really can't okay. blame them because if they're being bombarded, they're being bombarded and they were never taught how to deal with fear. So think about it, you know, doing the things that we do, you know, things you've done, things I've done, you know, you kind of learn how to deal with fear. You, you put yourself out sure. there. With the, you with, have something with the fight or flight. Of. Yeah, Phil, if I and could add something to, real quick. You get... So real quick, just, just, you know, cause I've known Phil forever and I was, you know, I, I used, I, I was coming to American Eagle and, um, just the, the, the knowledge and lessons that we were taught, I feel like there's nothing that I'm feeling. It's like, this is like a cocky thing to say, but there's nothing that actually like triggers that paralyzing fear factor. Like we were taught like to deal with confrontation would to, to, you know, you know, be in control of your body. And I honestly feel thanks to Phil, like, and going to American Eagle, like there's no, like if someone to pull, like, God forbid, like someone to 
jump me or pull a gun on me. Like I wouldn't freeze and stop. I would like still be in the moment kind of thing. So, you know, right. definitely assessing. something that you're you assessing, you're frozen, but assessing. Yeah, you're, I'm in the moment. I would be in the moment. I would react. I wouldn't just be like, you know what I mean? And I, I don't, I feel like with these circumstance, with circumstances, like there's nothing that, you know, you feel you, you have fear for like, you know, you know, losing a client or, or, or having, you know, getting a promotion of your job. Like, yeah, I understand that. But like, as far as what we're talking about today with fear, it's like, you know, thank you, Master Phil. And thank you for the, the teachings at the beginning uh, uh, of, you know, being like 10 years old, because now I, I feel I can go to any situation, walk down any street and, you know, have a knowledge of my surroundings and be able to take care of myself. Right. You know, the thing, the thing when we're, when we're, I think that's when important. We're, yeah, you know, we have it's it's training, and this is what I was talking because you know I was talking to my ten year old, and she's like, "Oh, dad, um, you know, I I yeah, I'm nervous." I'm like, "Why aren't you still up?" She goes, "Well, you know, I took the test today. I don't know if I did good or bad." I go, "Well, I go, you can't really worry about it because it's already over." But if you want to eliminate that anxiety, what you have to do is really prepare yourself. And if you um, if you consider reading uh, uh, you know the, uh, a book of Five Rings by Miyato Musashi. I mean, incredible book. Uh, you know, the, he was victorious in 60 samurai combat. Um, and then, you know, after 60, he went up on a mountain and just, you know, did art and made bonsai trees, <laughs> grew bonsai trees. But um, he was so prepared that it just became like an, an automatic response. There was no thought involved. It was just reaction. So what we have to do you know if you're if you're talking about like self-defense and so forth or training you want to be so prepared that thought is taken out of the process and you have ultimate confidence so how do we get people to be confident now that's why sometimes i may post you know uh look do i think that we have to be careful cautious with this situation absolutely this thing could kill you but how do we how do we reduce the risk? How do we do that? Is sitting in the corner of my house with covered in Lysol wipes go going to do it? No, you have to live. How are we, how are we going to get people to, to, you know, address this and develop some confidence? So one of the things I do is I, you know, I, I said, Hey, listen, um, you know, I drove to Florida, stopped here, stopped there. And I didn't get it. I test. I've been tested five times. I've been all over the place from LA Florida to Maine, uh, driven everywhere, and, and uh, I'd worked out in hotel gyms. I didn't get it. Okay, but why didn't I get it? Let's look at that. Let's look at the reasons. Okay, you look at the people who die from this. Ninety-four percent of the people who have died from Corona have not died from Corona alone. They've died with Corona, but they've had an average of two point six comorbidities. So, you know. What can you do? So do your best to reduce those comorbidities, you know, um, eat right, get your proper amount of exercise, get good sleep, yeah. be at a reasonable weight. You're going to just improve your life dramatically if you do those certain things and maybe reduce some of your fear and anxiety. Right. And for everything. I mean, that should be for every single disease. Like reduce yeah. your comorbidities and reduce the impact of the disease of anything. And so, like, why does it take something like this? Why does it, you know, sorry, why does it take fear mongering? And I don't even mean to use that word. Why does it take, because yeah. they drummed up a shitload of fear, man. I'm sorry. A lot of yeah. fear. 
yes. uh, <laughs> back in March, you know what I'm saying? Where the contagion rate was like 10 people a day nationwide. Now the contagion rate is like 60,000 people a day, and they're not even talking about the same level of fear. Like, it's, it's like, no, we're going to open up schools and open up this, but not this. Whereas in March, they shut it all down. And so in March, we were faced with this imminent doom, and now we're faced with this, this okay, reduce your comorbidities, reduce your contacts, stay social distance, and we'll let the economies open up. Why? It's a must. But people are living in that, I don't know, that extreme fear because I feel like the overtone is less be super afraid and yeah. more cautious. Well, it should, it should, that's where we're going. It should be more caught. You should be cautious. You should, you know, uh, you know, don't, don't sneeze and cough on people. Hence the, the reason for the masks and so forth. I mean, that's just common sense. Wash your hands. I mean, I, I'll tell you that there's so many times I've seen people be less than hygienic to be nice. And, and they don't put their hands on other people. Then you'll wonder why things spread. Um, you know, you know, be hygienic, be responsible, you know, but again, though, you know, common that's sense that. is not too common, right? Uh, you know, that's, that's the thing that we have to do as a nation. I mean, I, even before this COVID came out, I, you know, and I've been speaking about this and I, I, I addressed this in my, um, my, uh, commencement speech when I, I got my master's degree, um, we have an issue in this country. We have a we have an epidemic in this country. You know, over three hundred thousand people a year in this country die as a direct result of, a, of living a sedentary lifestyle. And if you look at those comorbid, you look at most of the comorbidities associated with COVID death. It's from a sedentary lifestyle. So you know, I, I've been addressing these things forever, and 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 I, I, as you as most people like us and then they they'll, they'll call us like fitness nuts yeah they're, they're trying to like they're trying to call us crazy because of what we do but you know what we're the ones living the right lifestyle you know a human yeah, it's, being it's a tough lifestyle but it's the right one yeah exactly a human being is not meant to be five foot ten 320 pounds no 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 you don't have to you know, you, you, you don't have to be ripped like you or you know, like, or, or, or like you, you, or yeah. <laughs> you know, along with that, I'm sure that, you know, being in good shape, your, your risks go down. Uh, and also, uh, Phil, we were talking about like people who are, are passing from COVID also had a uh, vitamin D deficiency. And isn't it ironic that they want you to stay inside and not get sunlight. Right. And the other thing, safe, right? And, and, and look, and I've, I brought this up before, but and, and I know you're going to agree with me on this. I mean, we haven't discussed it all, but you know what? Your immune system operates on the same pre premise as your muscular skeletal system, right? You have to constantly test it mm -hmm. to be stronger. So you know what? We're fighting off viruses, bacteria, millions a day. We're fighting our bodies, fighting, keeping our immune system strong because we're moving around outside. You know, first locking down and staying in, that's like trying to get stronger by laying on the couch and watching Netflix. It's not going to happen. You're not putting muscle on like that. No. So, um, you know. It's not, I'd stay home, stay, stay at home and, and save lives would only work if someone's bringing you food. Like any <laughs> civilization. Like, it only works in one one way. And, and it's, somebody has to not stay home. So it, it's, it's just a weird 
concept. Yeah, it's a yeah weird, because look, <laughs> it's a weird thought. Because a lot of people are growing up on this. This is the first freaking yeah. social thought that they've had. Stay home, save lives. And then that, yeah. like us, with nuclear air raid drills when we were elementary school, yeah. we thought yeah. for sure you were going to oh, die yeah. in a nuclear fallout situation. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And so, like, you've got a third grader who's out here convinced that everybody in their family is going to die from this. Yep. Just because that's how third grade minds work. You know, I remember, oh, like, oh first Tuesday of the month. Nuclear drill. Why are we having this nuclear drill? Because there's going to be a meltdown and it's going to be everybody's going to blow up. And so that's what they had us. That's why they did the drills, not for the fear of it, but for the whole conditioning of side. I wonder still, do they do those drills? No. Like where you had to get under under the desk and under the desk. Like that's they, they do active shooter active shooter drills now, right? Active shooter drills. Yeah. That's, that's what, they, what they have now. Yeah, they, so that's a whole other thing. To be Uber, Supposed to be uber afraid of active shooters instead of, I don't know, man. You know what I would do? <laughs> I'd hide behind the desk. I'd run and hide. I ask for help. You know, like I don't know. People yeah. need to be afraid of the victim these days. I think. I think nobody's afraid of the victim. Like I don't know. Stand up. Stand up for yourself. Make make yeah. the assailant afraid of approaching. People. Of you. You got to turn the tables. Little. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those that the, well, the you're little right. person well, you gotta flip. him and they yep. and they approach that little person and get smoked. They're never approaching a little person the same way again. Right. Yeah, you, know, you like, have to that's the way you have of to nature, stand. I think. Yep. Yeah, you look, you have to make a stand and look, it's not comfortable. I mean, uh, you know, one of the recent podcasts that talk about becoming uncomfortable. You have to make yourself uncomfortable if you're going to get anywhere. It, you know, if you're not facing these fears, you're not addressing these things. You know, it's it, it's going to stymie you. You're not going to have growth. You're not going to have progress. You're not going to move forward. And you know, you talked about the whole thing. Yeah, stay at home. Stay at home. Stay at home. Yeah. Oh, uh, and and again, how are you going to get the food? Somebody's got to be making the food. Somebody's got to be producing the goods. Yeah. Who's making the goods if everybody's staying home? <laughs> you know, how are you getting that food if everybody's staying home? People, you cannot just sit there and lock down. Humans, like you said before, humans are social animals. A society, that's on social. Society isn't one person sitting alone on an island. Society is a group of people together, you know, working toward the common good, okay? So, uh, so nature nature is risk, and Darwin has to kind of be right about this whole thing on evolution. Yeah. If we sit home and stay you know stay home and save lives what's that going to mean for the future of our species like you said we have to we have to address there's risk in nature nature is risk yeah. like we wouldn't arrive at such a comfortable lifestyle if we didn't assume that risk in in past generations you know even yep. past species you know homo sapiens are, are an evolved species you know back before all that stuff you know neanderthals mm -hmm. had to assume a certain amount of risk as well and that's a part of our dna is i don't know so it's like what's the future evolution if in 2020 humans decided to start locking down and now this starts yeah. to happen it'd be trans we'd have translucent skin yeah yeah and i mean i'm, I'm afraid i'm afraid i'm afraid of a generation of uh unibombers in 20 years these kids have no social skills i mean it's bad enough they're always got their heads they always got their heads in their uh, on their little on their phones and, and on a computer and playing Roblox and everything else and not and not you know interacting you know uh, like the, we did years that's, ago. That's a major yep. You have a bunch of serial killers because they have no empathy for other humans because they've never really contacted other humans. 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm still not there. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, how long is you this know? even going to last? How long are we going to let this last? How long are we going to let this last? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, seriously, somebody's somebody's got to bring the resources. I'm over here. Yep. They're locking us down again. I can't take it. Right. So, <laughs> so I have a uh, conspiracy theory friend. He's always cooking up with some some conspiracy theories, and so some things that you know that that you know resonate. And one of them is that um, you know, this is not going to come out the right way, but I'll do my best. Is that um, you know, with this you build certain immunities. There might be something like, and we this might have been made in a lab. The next thing after this. If you didn't catch this and get the antibodies for this, right. it, you might be out of luck when the next thing comes out because you didn't build up your immune system from this COVID-19 right. thing. When COVID-2021 comes out, it might be way worse. Right. And because you didn't get the antibodies from 20, you might be worse off in the future. So like, it's like, you know, like you like Bill, you said the, the immune system only gets better with testing it and flexing it. Um, so basically shutting ourselves off from the- <laughs> The next thing that comes around, you know, because we sheltered ourselves away from this, maybe this was to help build the immune system for the next thing that comes around. Well, you know, there, what, what, what was demonstrated was a couple things and still is being demonstrated that A, we're pretty unprepared, B, fear was the best motivator to control us. It was so easy. It still is. Yeah. People are still running around in abject fear of this. I know some. I know some people who still have not left their house since March. Okay. Yeah, I know those people too. You know, and then there's the other people that that it believe it's a hoax. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. There's, yeah. There's both sides of the the fear mm-hmm. spectrum being being observed here. Those people that haven't left their house, they might have those comorbidities that to talk about. They might have be ill prepared for such a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but if there were a more powerful, and you know, again, I'm not tempting whatever there mm-hmm. is out there, more powerful scenario, a p- more powerful pandemic, say like an Ebola with a contagion rate of whatever that just yeah. the plague, something like that. You know, there's another side of fear that goes to show us that we would be ill prepared for that as well. So. Which leads me to believe that maybe we should be so afraid of things in nature. I don't know. And, and again, you got to take the precautions to not do its thing. But like, if it's Ebola, obviously go nowhere near it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> I, I just feel like I just feel like we wouldn't we wouldn't lock down the right way and for the right reasons. And we now I feel like we're never coming unlocked down. I, I don't know. So yeah, yeah it's a uh, whole spectrum of yeah. I feel I feel right now it's easy to to elicit the fear and enforce a lockdown. I think it's easy for it's yeah. it's it's been demonstrated I've over and over again. A lot, a lot of people, yep, they're buying into it. Yep, it's being sold too. It's being sold. The fear is being sold. At first, it was N95 masks. You didn't have that. Yeah, you were doomed. Yeah. And now it's like just put a old piece of cloth over your face. You'd be good to go. And you're fine. And so the the whole. The whole narrative has changed a million times. Now it's the antibodies. Now they last. Now they don't. This and that. I don't know, man. All I know, I know. is most people, this is like, this is also too like the first or second generation that we were ever even allowed to see these microscopic entities. Yeah. So we were never even allowed to 
I was talking to my grandma. She was born in 35, so uh, I was talking to her about this and if she feels like it's a good thing that we lock down and this and that. She was like, Robert, I went to school every day with polio as a threat. No, we never <laughs> did anything different. We went to school. The parents sent you to school said, good luck. You know, when was polio eradicated? 1951. You know what I'm saying? And so before I took 10 years, two generations ago. Yeah. So we would just literally 1918 Spanish flu. They, I mean, what were the what were the technology of, of microscopes and, and even the knowledge of antibodies back then? You know what I'm saying? And so like we had this natural understanding of how to curb these these viruses without drumming up the massive amounts of fear that we did, yeah. you know? And so, I don't know, maybe we're lucky we have all this technology. Maybe it's a curse. Uh, uh, like everything, you know, like most, as in most things, you know, most swords are double-edged, you know, it's just, uh, it's just, yeah. you know, it's just like, matters the way, like you, it matters the way you deal with it. The one of my friends told me, what you want a double-edged sword? There's two edges. <laughs> it's double the deadly weapon. But, but you got to know how to handle it, man. You got to know how to handle it. You got to make sure you're, you're cutting so, the right way, with the right one. So, so we go through these, these, again, we gotta, you gotta play this game because your studio is open now, right, Phil? Well, actually here's the thing. Um, yes and no. Uh, after about 33 years of running my studio because of lack of business, because people are afraid, um, yeah. I've had to shut. I sold the, sold the building and i'll be doing most of it virtually uh, i look like you know I'll, I'll i'll i found a spot in january I'll, I'll reopen but much less classes i'm not i'm not te- i'm not going to do the 35 class a week i'm doing nine you know so right so but like that's that's interesting ironic etc if you want to say whatever um that COVID killed your business would you say yes yep and like how many years of your life, bro, was that your biggest fear? Something killing your business. I never thought it was. I mean, my, the 2019, I had my best year ever. I was actually thinking of putting a, a cap on putting any more people in it because I want to make sure I service my people. Well, you know, COVID did that for me, so I didn't have to worry about it. So, yeah. But there's a yeah. lot of people. I had a, I had a client, a client who paid me for three days a week sessions. I no longer have that client anymore, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point I'm making is, is he had businesses. He was opening data centers for Google in Ghana, in the Philippines. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He was doing yeah. a lot. And this, you extrapolate that data, extrapolate that through all the, everybody else's. Exactly. Clients that were doing this big international business stuff. Dude, that shut down. And I'm not talking about, you know, my measly, you know, hopes to make eight to $10,000 a month income come you know that would be nice you know these we're talking multi-million dollar lives on the line kind of life savings type of deals that they had going and i'm not like these are one-time opportunities they're never coming back around again no so their businesses and these people as and it's like what's the fear worth what's the fear worth because i know men i don't know them and maybe i met them i don't know that storm the beaches of normandy you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah And, and that was for that was for zero dollars. That was for a, an ideal, you know. Yes. This was an idea that we must do this because we must stop the spread of this evil that's in this nation. You know what I'm saying? We gotta stop this. And they put their lives on the lines, win, lose or draw. They knew it was gonna be a brutal day. 
Yep. They put fear on reserve. They faced their fear. They exactly. put fear on reserve. They feared. Anyway, I just. That's bravery. They did that for less. Yep. That's bravery. They did that yep. for less gross domestic product than, you know what I'm saying? We sacrificed yeah. those men. Who's to say, yeah. let Hitler yeah. take over Europe? Who cares? Ah, as long as there's yeah. functioning, as long as humans are alive, who cares? Yep. You know, as yeah, long she, as there's she, a functioning economy, it's like, eh, that's where yeah, we're she, at, she, bro. Right, right. Here's like, where uh, I'm afraid we'd of. Never, we'd never, we would never storm the beaches. Never again. Nope. This generation's not storming any beach, man. No, too no, afraid. no. They're afraid to lay on the beach. Um, you know, the things you look at it and, you know, I, you know, our country, the land of the free and the home of the brave. I mean, you know, here's, here's my problem. We're the brave. We're the brave now. Because, and I'll tell you what, when you are no longer brave, you no longer are free. But we have, but as a society, we are not brave. You're not allowed society to be brave because brave. that's toxic masculinity. Yeah. I got you. I'm not going to say it. But like, that's, that's, no, but that's the whole thing though. But that whole yeah. machismo, man, that was, that's evolution. That whole machismo thing came from this tough environment of our ancestors that had to yeah. do the haka before going into war. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it was going into battle. It wasn't like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to, you know, be nice about this. I'm going to be politically correct. I'm going to intimidate yeah. at all costs. And that was yep. a survival trait. And and now it's, it's I don't know. Now, I don't know. It's looked down it's, upon. Everything is, everything yeah, is different. Yeah, that that you do the haka, it, you're coming on too strong. Like, yeah. Whoa, guys, that don't guy's be intense. I know. That's yeah. like, don't and, 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 don't be aggressive. It's like, whatever. And I do like 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 say Khabib, you know, Khabib Nurmagomedov, you know. Yeah. His, yeah. his cool, calm, collected confidence, nobody can mess with, you know. Yeah. He might not have to do the haka to get himself into that frame of mind. Why? Because, like you said before, he is so well trained. He knows basically knows how he's going to make this thing go. He's mostly in control of all variables, and that's where training comes into play. Being trained, not just being strong. Like you guys, you're you know you're a master martial artist. You know what I'm saying? And that's a tra that's a training that most people don't achieve. But you can achieve a basic level of strength. So yes. you know, again, how to handle those those endorphins or that, that adrenaline. You know how to handle your body. You know how to move. You know how to resist if someone pushes you. You know yes. how to run fast in case you must. Yep. So you shouldn't. One shouldn't. And then you're going to get the all, all positive results of, you know, addressing your fear of what someone attacks me and I am meek. Be yep. strong. First, you're not meek. Then learn how to do martial arts and then this, everything builds from there. But. That confidence can go through every part of your life, you know, even if there is coronavirus Absolutely. out there. If you prepare yourself, if you prepare yourself, A, take care of your body, eliminate all the comorbidities. If it's too late, it might be too late for you. But it's usually a matter of lifestyle. All these comorbidities are usually a matter of lifestyle. Most of them are. Most of them are. Like yeah. most of them are. Like you said, like the 98% of people in this country that are morbidly obese or whatever the stat is. Yeah. <laughs> could stand to, you know, increase their immunity by reducing their weight. And yeah. it's, it's a simple, well, 
It's a it's a it's literally a single variable equation solve for x. So yep. it's not so complicated. Simple, not easy. I don't know, like saving money, right? Simple, not easy. But it's again, it's again, you could reduce your fears by taking care of yourself mm -hmm. and and then address your nature, whatever that is, whether it's look at all these nurses and doctors. Jesus, look at them. What what's going on in their heads every day? You know? They're not, they don't have an option to sit on the sidelines, stay home and save lives. They are in fact encouraged to come and get coronavirus so they could treat clients and or patients with coronavirus. Well, well how, how about, how about, how about word. But yeah. if they were to get yeah. it, I have a, uh, Katie's client who's an oncologist, mm -hmm. got it, and they told him to come to work with it. Swear to God. What is that? Dude's not supposed to be afraid of something that everybody else is supposed to be afraid of. That's yeah, a big message yeah. to me. I don't know. Yeah. And what if you're walking around with with no symptoms and you're not showing symptoms? They got they got that big fucking thing. And oh, I'm sorry. Just sorry. Right. I'm real bad. Edit me out. <laughs> they got this this uh, in everybody's brain. Like I don't mm -hmm. know. It, it's it's you get me started. <laughs> now you're addressing my fears. You get me addressing my fears with this only way I know how to is toxic toxic masculinity machismo, and that's where the swear words come from. There's nothing wrong with cursing. I just don't do it here. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, no doubt. Yeah. I, I don't no. want to. No. I, I, I treat it like I'm teaching one of my kids' classes. So, yeah. Or, uh, I need to get around more well, kids, I guess, and not swear. Yeah. It's always funny because, you know, my dad would try not to swear when he was when we were young. And you think that there's something absolutely wrong with your father because, I mean, I would piss him off all the time and be like, you stupid you know, he'd be yelling at me and like hit me with a strap. But but yeah, but but he was did not want to, he didn't want to say the real words he, he wanted to use. So Yeah. It's funny though. It's funny though. Now you can't you can't get hit by a strap or swear. So Oh no, no, you can't do any of it. No. Your kid can swear yeah. that they can hit you. But um <laughs> <laughs> so so oh well before we before we wrap up though I wanted to you know hit me up let's get going on the uh, Ubiqui Fit get you going there yeah man. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I had yeah, a crazy yeah. couple of weeks um yeah, I planned for yeah. it I got some some of my so we created a we're calling it the black site it's a a secret location where we observe our own training protocols it's a very small mm -hmm. social socially distant uh facility where we still do train jiu-jitsu and martial arts and everything like this nice. um I'm, ad I'm admitting this because it's only four of us because we're not going to stop our training we can't no. it's part of the stuff that makes us who we are yeah it's, it's the stuff that makes us ready to take on the dangers in the world and we're not going to mm -hmm. stop um no. and i think a lot of people it's a small circle like i'm saying yeah. i'm not going to say that we're not at more risk than others, but I'm telling you right now, and I'll tell anybody who's asking me, I'm not gonna stop training, and I'm not gonna stop training with my training partners that are willing to continue training. Uh, Rob, I never stopped through the whole pandemic. I left my house every day, went to the studio, and had my couple guys I trained with. And you know what, why? Because to me, it's you worth the risk you because to. you lose your timing, you and to. you lose your ability, and, and I'm not gonna do it's that because hard. Yep. And I'll tell you, I feel, I feel like I'm in, I was back in, uh, you know, in feudal Japan when they suppressed 
all the other people, you know, the people in the martial arts got developed uh, because the oppressed, the oppressed peoples that that the Japanese were, you know, ruling over did not permit them to train in fighting arts. This is what I feel so like. So it's easy to take them over. Yes, um, I like that. Uh, and it was out of necessity too. Like you're, again, you were trying to keep your business alive. Yep. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to take on this risk. It was, I must go to work. Yes. That's yes. What it was, I think it wasn't like, Good. oh, there's dangers in the world. And it's like, no, we go to work. We go to work. We you do. know, here, I'll tell you, I'm a, I, listen, I'm a man. I get up every day and I go to work. That's what I go do. Go to work. What are you going to do? Go to work. If we were primates wearing loincloths, the, the food's not going to gather itself. No. The food's not no. going to no. on itself. Go get it. And we're so spoiled now, man. I'm just going to peapod my grocery delivery and this and that. I, yeah. What I had to do, bro, because I'm not above that uh, socioeconomic status where I mm -hmm. got it like that. So mm -hmm. my clients were asking me to go to the grocery store with them. And so here I am, because I am of that socioeconomic class where I had to go to work every day. I'm mm -hmm. in Costco now shopping for my personal training clients because they don't want to go to the grocery store because why? Fear. Afraid again. But they'll expose, they'll but expose they're, they're, they're exposing you. No problem. Because hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to laugh at the fear or the risk that I'm taking on. I'm going to yep. take the precautions necessary. I'm going to trust my training and instincts and I'm going to go. I'm like like a little kitten, you know what I'm saying? A little kitten that would jump over the fence not knowing what's on the other side. I just jumped. Just oh, going to jump. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, uh-oh. Right. I mean. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I am. So I think I'm going to continue with this attitude cautiously. Mhm. Mm Staying fit and trying to push and motivate people to come out of their shells to do the same thing while observing the necessary precautions to give them the peace of mind that they need because I'm not the one that's bothered by it. I, I agree with you 100%. Now, is there anything that um, you want to promote right now? Um, really? No. <laughs> Sorry, right, it's been quite a, kind of a quiet year. Um, we're just getting back up to, to normal. Um, I'm going to be setting up my profile on Ubiquifit. So mm -hmm. we'll get more uh, awesome. content we'll some fun. So Yeah, we're going to have some fun with that. I'll just, I'll just keep yep. working on that. Which, how about we keep plugging All right, buddy. Sounds podcast. good, man. We'll I love it. I love it. it. All right. Awesome. It's been a pleasure, Phil. Hey, uh, thank you for coming man. on. And love you, man. And Doug, guys, great, great job today. And this is Master Phil. Master Phil in your corner. Strength and honor.